0: Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better. Helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson.
1: All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. I am Austin
2: Wilson, Co-Portfolio Manager at Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. And I'm Josh Robb, Director of Wealth Management at Hicks and Zerker Capital Management.
1: Austin, how can people help us with our podcast? We would love it if you'd subscribe if you're not subscribed. So you get new episodes when they drop on Thursdays. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen, that'd be Appreciate it, because that helps us to be found so we can help more people know about money. So today, Josh, yes, we got got an interesting discussion we're going to have. Today, we're going to be discussing the topic of key man risk.
2: That's right. Being locked out of a house is key a man. big deal, so you need to know who the key man is.
1: So key man risk refers to the potential impact that a company's operations and a company's in value inherently is really tied to their leader, right? Mm-hmm. And and what would happen if that leader were incapacitated in some way, shape, or form. Or left. left. Yeah. Yeah, they leave, they are unable to actually perform their duties, or they pass away, as one example we're gonna talk about soon. Yep. So I mean, this is a this is a pretty significant risk when it comes to publicly traded companies specifically. So what we're gonna be talking about today is Number one, what is key man risk? We kind of just talked about it a little bit. Some examples about it and then why it matters when we're looking at investing in publicly traded companies because the leaders in the company, they play pivotal roles in the decision-making. A lot of times they have very unique expertise. They have a lot of valuable relationships and they drive a lot of the innovation that we're seeing in the companies that really contributes to their overall success. So one of the reasons that this came up. Yeah,
2: well, first,
1: a key man
2: Unlocks a lot of potential of the company. See what I did there? Oh man, I was
1: waiting for that. Oh, wait, he's been waiting for that one for a long time. So recently, Charlie Munger, a very influential business figure. Yep. 99 years old, passed away. Sad. Really sad. He's been in the business for a long time, but Warren Buffett's right hand man. Yep. Right. They've been friends for like 50 years. So anyway, he just passed away and that kind of got us thinking a little bit about the topic of key man risk because obviously Charlie Munger, a very influential figure at Berkshire Hathaway mm-hmm. and in the business world. So we decided, hey, let's, let's look at some it. more examples and discuss the topic of key man risk a little bit. So first of all, let's start with talking about Charlie Munger. So Charlie Munger, why was he such a key figure for Berkshire Hathaway? I think let's dig into that first. So number one, he was often recognized for really having a lot of wisdom and Warren Buffett has actually like referred to him multiple times as being essentially smarter than him. Like Mm -hmm. he would go to him for advice and go to him for reasoning and go to him for tips and really understanding of things. So he's had a lot of wisdom in the investment industry for a long time. They were business partners forever. And a lot of Berkshire Hathaway's growth really from the sixties all the way until not that long ago, a lot of those decisions were heavily influenced by Carly Munger. So one thing that's interesting is when you're looking at leadership, not every company has like a, a team where there's two people that work so closely together, but Berkshire Hathaway certainly has. And they complemented each other very, very well. And they were able to like poke holes in the other's investment thinking and really form a, a broad and diverse, you know, investment experience exposure and thinking about things over time. So that's one reason Charlie Munger had some key man risk. Another was that he had some very experienced perspectives on the economy and business cycles. If you've ever listened to much of what he said, he's he's been very to the point, very direct, very concise, uh, and witty, uh, even all the way until he's he, 99 years old, very, very witty in the way he spoke. But that really just, I think, brought some clarity to the way that he could easily explain the way he thought and he felt about investments, about the economy about what's going on in the markets and the world. And I think that that was a valuable asset for Berkshire Hathaway as they're strategically leading that company forward. And third and finally, one of the interesting you know factors about him is he's just been with Buffett so long that that has ingrained a sense of stability to the leadership of that company, uh, specifically Berkshire Hathaway again. And that extensive, decades-long knowledge and experience was a reassuring thing to investors when they were looking at what the company is going to do going forward. So that's a little bit about why Charlie Munger specifically was such a key man when it comes to the leadership of Berkshire Hathaway. But let's turn the coin over Warren Buffett. A very recognizable name if you're in the industry. But if you're not in the industry, you don't probably have any yep. idea who that is. But Warren Buffett, everyone knows who Warren Buffett is. They know is. that name. They know the name. I mean, they
2: have large food spreads named after him.
1: <laughs> All you can eat, Warren Buffett's. Yep. Everywhere. But a couple factors about why Warren Buffett has key man risk. So he's really been known for his way of making solid investment decisions over time. He's more of a traditional value investor. So he's looking at buying things that are on sale and holding them for a long time. And his and
2: he literally means buying the company on sale. Yes. Also.
1: Yes. But he, but he actually buys companies. Yes. Yeah. On sale and holds them. Exactly. Yes. So, his investment philosophy and his decisions have really been the cornerstone of why uh, Berkshire Hathaway's been so successful for so long. Again, just being able to identify undervalued companies, again, either whether that publicly traded or buying a whole company and holding them for a long term and really unlocking a lot of value really contributed to their share price growth over time. Another reason Warren Buffett's been such a key leader as some key man risk is he's got a really public record of having great respect from people outside the business, inside the business. His shareholders really respect him. His communication, like Charlie Munger's, very, very good. In fact, his annual letter to shareholders that he writes, something that I would recommend, but they're very good about what's going on, not just with Berkshire Hathaway, but with the markets and investing in the economy as a whole. So very, very good. But he has some influence on market sentiment and obviously Berkshire Hathaway share prices over time have just reflected the confidence in his leadership as well. And on that note, his leadership style and his focus on risk management when it comes to being diverse in his company and what they own and and all of that has really, I think, reassured investors that he's being an ethical leader as well. So he's kind of looked up as someone you can say, hey, I want to I invest like him. I want to do business like him. And that's really helped the culture around investing in Berkshire Hathaway been a favorable thing over time. I think that when you look at whether that be Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger, there's been some key man risk at, at at Berkshire Hathaway. But the question is, what would happen going forward, right? Yeah. So obviously Charlie Munger just passed away. Warren Buffett is he's the CEO still. Yep. But he's the the key man now. Munger was his second in command. But actually within the last handful of years, the board has brought up this guy named Greg Abel. And he's actually going to probably be the successor to Warren Buffett as CEO. Because Warren Buffett's no spring chicken either. He's, what, like 94, I think. He's young. <laughs> so
2: a, a young 94.
1: Years. He, he drinks Coke all the time and eats McDonald's. He's got a long time to live. But I think they've mitigated some of the key man risk by identifying years before anything should happen. Yep. Who's next? Who's Where'd next, really. And, and that this guy's been running money. For Berkshire Hathaway, for a long time already, has a lot of experience. So one thing we're going to talk about when we get to looking at the stock side of key man risk is that companies should plan ahead. You can kind of mitigate some of that risk over time.
2: What they don't want is for everybody to be surprised. That's really the thing.
1: Another couple of leaders we're going to talk about that have some key man risk when it comes to how they lead their company. And these are very big names, because I would assume almost everyone knows, Mm -hmm. Right.
2: These are not recommendations because we're going to talk about the companies. We are going to talk about the companies. But we're talking about why their leaders are a key man risk.
1: Yeah. And this will relate to their companies. No recommendations on buy, sell, or hold of these companies at all. Again, talk to your financial advisor. They may have some opinions on this themselves. I have mine and I'm not even going to express them that much. And if I do, Josh is going to hit me. Yep. So, number one and probably the most famous key man risk in the world, Elon Musk. Yep. He's kind of... A big deal. He's a risk. He's a risk. So why does he have key man risk? He's the visionary, like, in his leadership approach. Yes. He has a long-term big vision for Tesla specifically, or SpaceX, or whatever that may be. But Tesla is well the one we're going to be focusing on today. But a long-term vision with big growth thoughts in the way he thinks about leading his company, Tesla. So he's had a lot of innovative ideas in the EV space, electric vehicle space, a lot in the solar space and battery technology, and his vision has really defined the trajectory of green energy for one and, and electric vehicles for two over the last decade or so. And I think that that's one reason that he's just influential in the space. And, and Tesla's the biggest player in the electric vehicle space. So key man risk for sure right there. Number two, <laughs> this is where it gets a little controversial. Mm-hmm. So... Musk is a very public individual. He does a lot of interviews. He is very active on social media. Um, he he owns, has a social media He company. owns X, I yep. guess, now. It's not Twitter anymore. And he uses it very frequently, and he gets a lot of pushback for what he says because he speaks his mind. And that's one of the things he liked about X when he bought it is... He could do that. do what he wants. But he just has this high-profile persona, and that, with it, carries an opportunity to... Hopefully, you know, explain what you're doing with the company and some cool new technology and all this stuff, of course. But it also carries with it quite a bit of risk because I think he's the number one followed person on X in terms of followers. And so everyone sees everything you tweet and it's it's going to be scrutinized. Yes. So he's obviously had some public backlash for some certain things he said many times, most notably... Yes, there was some issues with some anti-Semitic discussion recently. But also, if we think back a couple of years ago, he got in trouble with the SEC mm-hmm. because of some discussions about taking Twitter private.
2: Yep. And
1: no, listing taking, prices. No, is taking Tesla private. Yes, with listing the listing uh, dollar amounts. Yep. and for deals that may or may not have actually been happening yep. and moving the, clearly moving the stock price. <clears throat> so we're going to say that's key man risk for sure. Because if you say something wrong that gets you in trouble, that can obviously... Have big implications. Yep, and or Musk, you put the
2: board in a position where they have to fire you.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and And he's and what if what if the board fires you and you are the largest shareholder Mm because he is the largest single shareholder and with all the stock options and shares outstanding as he's the world's richest man. Yeah, that's a risky one. Another one is just again the innovation and the product development. Musk is very involved on a day to day basis with the actual. Running of the technology side, a lot of CEOs kind of delegate musk's he's very smart, almost too smart, some people think, but he's very involved with the day-to-day product development. he's often you know spearheading initiatives and pushing a company forward towards some really, really crazy technological advances like autonomous driving so that's Elon Musk. I'd say a more than a moderate amount of key man risk for sure and last but not least of my examples we're going to talk about today there's obviously a million a lot of them. Is Mark Zuckerberg? Mm. So Mark Zuckerberg, he's the CEO, the founder, Meta of Meta. It used to be Facebook, but Meta Platforms is the parent company of the Facebook family of apps. And one thing that is unique, and it can be both a pro or a con, is when you're the founder of a company, you obviously know it better than anyone. You've kind of sent the vision from the beginning, as you know, building the initial concept and growing it from there. But also you may not be open to some new ideas, which investors may want. So there's a lot of tension there when you're the founder and kind of the guy who's running the company still to this day. So that's one area of risk potentially, but it's also an asset to a lot of people. They like to buy Mm founder-led companies for one. Another is that he's just so integral in the, strategic decision-making process, whether that be looking at what acquisitions to make. Uh, recently, that's been Instagram, WhatsApp, all these things going into the metaverse is a more recent one.
2: That's been kind of his big passion. His big passion. Where some people weren't as sure, but exactly. he's a leader and that's most where they're going for it. wasn't yes. so
1: sure. Third, because Facebook or Meta, depending on what era you're talking about, is so synonymous with Zuckerberg, him being the leader of the company, it really does add some confidence in in how it's being led, how it's being driven, what it's going to look like going forward. And obviously, what he says has a big influence on how the company's share price moves. So he's very influential in that. And then he also, just like Musk, very influential in the kind of the new direction and the foray the company's going into. You mentioned it with the metaverse. That's kind of his baby. Mm -hmm. He wants to, to grow that and make that really the biggest part of the company eventually. But you know, Wall Street's not quite so certain about that. It'd be
2: virtually the biggest part of his company. It
1: could be virtually the biggest part of the company. But there's a lot of involvement there. So Zuckerberg obviously has his own levels of key man risk as well. So all these leaders, among many others, they're key leaders in their companies for a reason. But if something were to happen where they get in trouble or they they get sick or they pass away, in Munger's case, like that can cause some uncertainty as it relates to these companies.
2: All right. We're going to take a quick break before we get back to, well, why does key man risk even matter as an investor? But before we do, I got a dad joke and it's a little bit of a story just for
1: you. Bring it. All right.
2: So a while back, I drank some invisible ink. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. uh, I had to go to the emergency room, but it took me a while to be seen there in the emergency room. (laughs) Yeah. It's a long wait. It's a long wait. I know. Oh, man. Nah, that's what I Have got you for you. The
1: invisible anything with like lemon juice.
2: Yeah. There, put it up as a kid, room. not with lemon juice, but like you had invisible ink. Like you, we had a little thing. It was like a spy kit or whatever. And I remember it was, probably it was fine. Yeah, you didn't drink it. I didn't drink it. But uh, you'd write it out and then it shows up. I know. It's interesting. It's cool.
1: I've never written anything as a kid. in invisible ink, but I've seen it like the lemon juice thing. I can just You can write it. You know, anywhere.
2: closest I do every year is during Easter. When you're doing Easter eggs, if you use the like the clear, like just the wax crayon, and then when you dunk it, then it you know just keeps the dye off the egg. So that's kind of like the reverse invisible ink stuff.
1: It's tie dye for eggs. That's right. All right. So you brought it up already, but why does key man risk matter as an as an investor? Because it certainly does. We wouldn't be talking about yes, it, it didn't. So. It really matters because investors need to be able to discern and assess the company's stability and the potential for growth really based on their key leaders and their vision for the company and where they're taking companies. So there's four different ways that this is really important as it relates to thinking about the leadership pertaining to the stock we're investing in, right? So number one, a company's leadership, really in regards to its CEO or even other key executives, often defines strategic direction. And strategic direction drives forecasts. It drives mm-hmm. stock prices. And if a key person, one of those key leaders, leaves suddenly to the health issue, retirement, whatever other, other reason, that could be death. It might disrupt the company's vision. It might disrupt their strategy, which can cause some uncertainty. So that's a big risk for one. You need to get your mind around where the company is going. Number two, key individuals might really have specialized skills, relationships that are really critical to the company's day-to-day operations or their growth. So this could be in regards to like a key scientist in a pharmaceutical company. They might be the driving force behind developing a new drug, right? Or in the software world, writing a new software. Mm -hmm. They could be the AI spearhead. Uh, Or
2: in the investment world, if you're investing in a mutual fund, that key manager. Yes. It would be a nice example of that they're the ones that have the philosophy and the the process. They're the ones that come up with the investment ideas. So that's another way where there's a key man. We didn't talk much about it, but yeah. in a fund or any kind of investment portfolio that's being managed, that key person who's running it could be a risk.
1: Yeah. So when you lose potentially that individual or that group of individuals, that expertise that you're taking away, could delay projects. It could affect the company's competitive edge. Maybe they're weaker compared to their peers at that point. Number three, investor confidence is something we have already talked about, but investors often view key man risk as a factor that could affect a company's stability. So a sudden departure or incapacitation of a key figure could lead to a drop in confidence, which would cause a drop in... Price. Stock price. And stock, I mean, when you're a publicly traded company... The board is there to ensure that the company is trying to maximize shareholder return. That's right. That is what they're there for, maximizing shareholder return. And if investors aren't confident and share price is going down, that's not maximizing their return. Nope. So we want confidence. And number four, succession planning. Companies with a strong succession plan might mitigate this risk. So if you've established that this person's my second in command and when I retire, they're going to take over and just lay it out. Very, very clearly early on, that can mitigate some of the key man risk, especially if the person that's like next in line is a very groomed, very suitable replacement with a lot of experience It can reassure investors uh, and minimize the impact of the actual departure. And I think that's something that we're actually seeing playing out in the Berkshire Hathaway story. The Greg Abel announcement happened a couple of years ago. Obviously, uh, Buffett and Musk... uh, Getting all my key mains. They're all together. In, Munger. Mixed up here. Buffett and Munger have worked together for a long time, but Abel's been working with them as well. So there's a bit of a transition and a layout of that plan going forward already. But one thing we need to keep in mind as investors is when we assess this key man risk, it's part of our overall evaluation of a company's management and their leadership quality. And we want to buy companies, buy shares in companies that we trust the leadership, that we know what is going to happen. It might not always have. Immediate negative consequences if something were to happen, but sometimes it does. And we need to be prepared for that if and when that does happen. So, like I mentioned earlier, it's very important for these companies, publicly traded companies specifically, but private traded private companies as well, to have plans in place, have succession plans in place, have a written plan that if some of these unfortunate scenarios were to play out,
2: this is what happens.
1: What's going to happen? And that's going to reassure clients, that's going to reassure investors, that's right, employees too.
2: Oh, yeah. Overall, you know, when we look at this, the idea should be, it shouldn't stop you from considering a company if you think there's a big, important person that drives a lot of that, but you should factor that in when making those considerations. And in the end, for businesses, there's always going to be those important people, which is why in our industry, there's, there's insurance that companies take out on behalf of key employees. Right. And the whole point is just that there it will be a disruption, but can we find ways to mitigate and minimize that disruption? Absolutely. So that's really what you're looking for.
1: Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's not necessarily a reason. Just because there's a key individual does not mean you should not buy that. It's just another level of something to be aware of as you're evaluating companies. That's key man risk in a nutshell. Definitely brought to our attention as we were thinking about this whole Charlie Munger passing, unfortunately, but something to keep our minds around as we're looking at investments and looking at the markets. But Thanks for listening. And, and please remember if you had someone asking, hey, what, what does this Munger thing have to do with Berkshire Hathaway stock, or is it gonna take it? I don't know. Maybe send this episode to them. They may be able to, to learn a little bit more about Key Man Risk. Always feel free to email us any ideas you have to hello at the and we would love to hear from you and go from there. And otherwise, until next episode, have a great one. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank
0: you for listening to the Invested Dads Podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to TheInvestedDads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh, Robb, and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast there is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.